Right, and we're live. Here we go. Welcome to uh, 14 times number nine. And this week we are talking about the little people. And we're not talking about midgets, we're talking about fairies. <laughs> yes, the fairies. Very, uh, very strange thing. Like, a, a subject that I think a lot of people think is a bit bit chewy, but once you get into it, it, it opens up loads of uh, strange avenues. Oh, people think yeah. is a bit bit chewy. Yeah, because I, 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 I thought that, and then it's like some of it gets really, really dark, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really right, really evil, some of it. It's fair, oh, fairy, I don't really like the word fairy, shall we call them... <laughs> The Fae. <laughs> the Fae, yeah. The Fae? We're going to call fae. them the Fae from now on. Because they're not just little little beings with wings, are they? they? They run the whole gamut between like small, shy creatures that dislike humans, all the way up to large, friendly creatures that are good to humans. So. I think um, I think it was like, wasn't it some sort of like um, plot device that made them go small? <laughs> In li- in literature, yeah, maybe one of her human size to begin with, maybe. Where where was the first fairy seen? I can't find out. Was it? I, I got back to fifteen hundreds. I think is is I found some stuff about fairies. Is uh, that in England? Or? Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember what the what. I don't think it was an actual report, but I think in literature they're they're about during the fifteen. Actually, when was um, Shakespeare? Doing his that thing. Was, fifth, was it? I was a fifteen. No, it must be seventeen ninety. I think. Oh, was it? So, so it's before that then. Yeah, I just wonder whether they're around, like really ancient times, like cavemen times, whether there was some kind of nature spirit there, and maybe they appeared in a different guise to them. Maybe they just appeared as balls of light or glowing well, beings. Um... Well, like I mean, the Greeks must have had like wood, woodland spirits and stuff, mustn't they? Yeah, as a point, I didn't look into that. Because yeah. you got like uh, you got like Pan, haven't you? Um, the Satyr and things like that, haven't you? Yeah, I suppose ancient Egypt they had half, they had sort of things like that as well, didn't they? Yeah. I couldn't find much about England. Most of my stuff I found was in White was was the Welsh stuff because every single district there it's always a bit different, isn't it? And, so I think we've got to be talking shapeshifters here. I think if, if everyone in, a di- in different districts are seeing different shaped people, different shaped fae, they must be shapeshifting. But what are they? Re- what do they really look like? Well, where was the? Hold on. If I get the Wikipedia up, I, I looked at the little Wikipedia for little people, and then you have. Um, so you have the Native American people. Uh, the Native Americans had their own race of little people who lived in the woods. <coughs> um, so the the Aztecs had their own little people. The Inuits, the Iroquois, the Cree. Uh, Origines. They yeah, had them, didn't they? Uh, is that Wampano- Wampanoag? Who are they? Is that more Indians? Is it? Ah. Is that uh, Aborigines? Uh, no. Nah. I'm sure the ancient. Uh, it does the, it by tribe. I think that I think they're all Native Americans. Uh, who else do we have? And obviously in our in our mythology we have fairies, brownies, um, dwarves, gnomes. Uh, Tommy knockers were a type of fairy, weren't they? Yeah, they were in the Welsh mines. Yeah, the old Tommy knockers. Yeah, or they yeah. called them the knockers. The knockers in uh, in Wales, in the down in the mines. Yeah, I wouldn't have fancied meeting one of them down in the mine. Pitch, so were they? Were they? Dark. Were they pretty? Um, were they nasty? Then were they? Or yeah, I think you had to avoid the knockers. Yeah, I think they foretold like disaster. They'd knock on the seam of the rock of the coal when it was just about to collapse and that. So maybe they were good though. Maybe they were warning. Warning people. Yeah, oh, the na- oh, here you go. In Cornish folklore, the name comes from knocking on the mine walls, as happens just before cave-ins, usually yeah. creaking the earth and the timbers giving way. To, su- to some miners, knockers were malevolent spirits, and the knocking sound was them hammering at walls and supports put- to cause the cave-in. And then others said they were just practical jokers. 
Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It's tricky to know what, what's, what's like Mothman, isn't it? People say Mothman was evil, but other people say Mothman was trying to warn warn about that bridge collapse. And so, yeah, they, they definitely seem to appear when well, if something you're, bad's if you're, if you're always around just before something kicks off, you could go either way, couldn't you? Oh, apparently they're also called true, knackers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the knockers were knackers. And the knockers were also called knackers. The tummy knockers were also called knackers. Maybe um, you're knackered if you see one or something. You're about to be knackered if you see one. The mine's going to fall on your In the 1820s, the Welsh and Cornish miners took the tommy knockers to America. So in Pennsylvania, you had um, you had tommy knockers and things like that. Uh, some called, some got called cousin jacks. Cousin jacks are notorious for losing tools as they were for diving out of shafts just before they crack collapsed. I I have actually seen a fairy. I know I mentioned before I saw a gnome, but I know it's not funny. That's not funny. But I did actually see a fairy, like a, a beautiful female fairy, not too far away from where I'm sitting now, just in these woods. Did you I, hear I the music? Because apparently you hear hear um, music with them as well, don't you? I've, I've had the silence before, the, the Jenny Randall's uh, Oz factor, when everything goes quiet and like you think something's going to happen. But every time it goes... Every time, I've, well, I've had it a few times. Every time it's gone silent, nothing's happened. So, <laughs> that can only be a good I was, thing. <laughs> I was just walking through these woods. They're not very big woods, and uh, I wasn't looking for fairies or anything. And I just looked, sort of turned my head and looked at the tree, and there was this beautiful, like, woodland fairy, like, formed from the bark of the tree, and that just sort of like undulated for like a few seconds. And I thought, bloody hell. It's a proper fairy in this tree trunk, and then, of course, I looked, looked again, and it was gone. Uh, God. Well, that's what they're supposed to be like, aren't they? If you take your eyes off them, they disappear, don't they? Yeah. So, you, you haven't seen one, then? I've, I've not, I haven't. Although I'm a, although I'm a believer, I've never actually seen anything. <laughs> yeah. So you might well put, not use specifically, but people might have seen like a wisp. Going in the woods, they might have seen like a wisp of something at the corner of their eye, just like miss, just missed it, sort of thing. Yeah, I think they're they're definitely there. Yeah. And then obviously they're related to the leprechaun as well, aren't they? The elves as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so before we start, before we start into into kind of actual law, let's talk about. Do you want to, do you want to talk about the Cottingley fairies and get that one out of the way? Yeah, it's a bit embarrassing for old uh, Conan Doyle, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't detect that one, did he? You're supposed to be like uh, Mister Mister Big, weren't you, in the old psychic uh, investigations? Yeah, but although I, I suppose back then, I, I suppose maybe I'd have believed it. I don't know. Photography was sort of still, still sort of in its infancy, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, they obviously look like cardboard cutouts, don't they? Yeah, that's the trouble, isn't it? Yeah, because even the, didn't the girls say they're all real except for one? There's one last picture that's not, that that they said was real. The rest of it was faked. Well, no, that really odd one. He's doing that little dance with his leg in the air. Yeah, that, uh, gnome one. Yeah, gnomish sort of one. Yeah, what a strange time that must have been like. Conan Doyle was obviously a believer because he was also a member of the um, the fairy um, investigation society as well. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got the fairy fairy. So so in 1927 they created the Fairy Investigation Society. I think it died for a bit, and then it came back. So it's still about today. You can actually email them. Yeah, I looked at their website. Yeah, there's not much on their website. Is there? We should uh, do some magazines or something. They need to do something like that, or, or or a snappy website, or just like a tell your own story section in like a forum or something. Like that's they need like a forum in there or something like that, don't they? Yeah, maybe it's just like one bloke doing it or something. Yeah, it does seem to be kind of a one-man band thing. Um, so in 1955 to 1956, they did the Great Fairy Census. Uh, oh, here you go. Here's some of, here's some of the famous mem- famous members. Um, Walt Disney was a member of it. Oh. And, and also, what did they get up to them? 
I don't know. I don't know any of the others. I don't know the others, but there was a woman called Jude June Kynaston. who was it was the author of Nude Dancing for Health. <laughs> I saw that dodgy uh, right wing nudism stuff in it. Nudism movement. Well, am I dodgy? I don't know. Like the uh, like the old like the old rambler. Yeah, the old naked, the naked rambler. rambler. Yeah. Is he still going? Is he? Yeah. Well, he's either out or he's in prison. I think that's just pretty much how his life goes now, isn't it? Yeah, there's something a bit of, bit of autism going on there or something. Yeah, yeah he's a he's a good old fashioned English eccentric, isn't he? Yeah, but I suppose uh, in Ireland and Iceland, people still believe in fairies, like really seriously, don't they? I think it is it in um, it's like Nor- um, the Nords. They still heavily believe in gnomes, don't they? Because I've I've read stories before where like diggers have just stopped in their tracks because there's like yeah. a, because there's a gnome there. And build on a fairy path or dig up a fairy fort. Abuse a fairy bush or tree. Nah. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> have you missed, idea, where's that park where they've like cut the little doors and windows into the trees so it looks like the fairies live there? Have you ever seen those pictures? It's somewhere remember. in England, isn't it? Yeah. Is it somewhere in London or something? You can buy them on Amazon, can't you? The fairy doors, yeah. <laughs> Just uh, give them a give them a little uh, little uh, little home, yeah. It's just a, a parallel. I love parallel worlds, and fairies are the sort of ultimate parallel world, aren't they? Just really, uh, really strange. Yeah, because it's so. So then you. So then you've got the um, the uh, what they called um, changelings, haven't you? Well, changelings. Yeah, don't want one of them. Uh, so so what happens when the changeling grows up, or does it disappear, or what? Apparently, when because I say it differs with different uh, districts. Though some, some some I think in Ireland especially, the changelings really ugly and deformed, isn't it, with a sort of a hunch back and like pretty useless really but in, in wales apparently fairy fairy and human offspring were sort of like quite beautiful looking they were light and fair and like just like us really oh i found the i found yeah. the wikipedia so it says a changeling is typically identifiable via a number of traits in irish irish legend the fairy may appear as sickly and won't grow in size like a normal child and may have notable physical characteristics such as a beard or long teeth. <laughs> a little baby with a beard, that'd be fucking strange, wouldn't it? I think in Ireland there was a custom where to stop your baby being swapped with a changeling, they'd get a tree trunk and sort of carve a baby and yeah. like stick it in the in the cot instead of the baby and stick the baby somewhere else so the fairies would come unstuck really they try to swap swap their child for a tree trunk or a carved tree trunk <laughs> strange what people do isn't it like, i mean they must well obviously they must have believed it some people must have done it mustn't they i know i don't know if it's so strong in ireland now but iceland they really believe it, unless unless they're just doing it as a sort of holiday uh tourist thing but <laughs> and I, I don't suppose many tourists go to iceland i don't know i suppose they still still do it Oh, so it says here, it says beauty in human children and young women, especially traits which evoke brightness or re- reflectivity, such as blonde hair, blue or silver grey eyes, are said to attract fairies as they perhaps find preciousness in these perceived traits. But this is pretty pretty dark. In Scottish folklore, children might be replacements for the fairy children in the tithe to hell, which is best known from, known from the Ballad of Tam Lin. According to Scottish myths, a child bought with, born with a call cowl, sorry, the, a part of the amniotic membrane across his or her's face is a changeling and soon will die, die. Oh, yeah, is a freaky call, birth. Yeah. Calls a freaky, yeah. Yeah. I just love this whole parallel world aspect of it. Because they they're also called the gentry, aren't they, the fairies, in the secret commonwealth. Like a whole secret world of like with its own kings and queens and princes and feasts and that and apparently that that idea dates back to shakespeare's uh a midsummer's night's dream or that sort of parallel secret commonwealth yeah that's 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 seen as like the that that's when um fairies kind of changed a bit didn't wasn't it with with that 
and that's that whole strange sort of period with John Dee and everything and Shakespeare's putting this fairy land in the British site and John Dee around the same time as creating the British Empire and there was a lot of weird occult stuff going on back then very few I haven't seen much written about it there's a few few things but I mean they were just like occultists weren't they all these like Queen Elizabeth the second Elizabeth the first Shakespeare and that I mean he was plugged into it. John Dee and what an odd thing! Like, was the British Empire created by magic, and the, and maybe with the help of the fairies? Who knows? But... Yeah, um, yeah, because it's Harry like Cal- when when, they, when they're stealing all these babies, they got to take them somewhere, haven't they? That's like the whole alien abduction thing that a lot of them say that like, they're the abductees are having been impregnated by aliens and maybe they're fairies in a different guise. What, do, do fairies used to stick things up people's butts? <laughs> I don't know. I, I haven't actually read anything of them. I suppose you would, you'd keep quiet about it back in them days, I suppose. Yeah, but ab- female abductees claim to have had phantom pregnancies where they're, they're abducted and they get inseminated by an alien or, or some hose pipe or something. They are actually pregnant, apparently, but a couple of months later, the pregnancy disappears, as if they've, uh, someone's whisked it away. I mean, that's fairy stuff, isn't it? Really? Well, that's that's, an, that's another thing from um, abduction stories, isn't it? Where where they go, where they where they were on, they're on the ship, and and you get an alien woman shows shows the man a ba- uh, a, a young child and says that he, it's his, don't they? Yeah, they sort of in the subsequent abductions, they sort of. The baby's like stuck in their arms, isn't it? As if they got a sort of bond with it and and uh, sort of teach it stuff. In Wales, like the offspring of a human fairy baby, that was actually the cause of a lot of fights in the country fairs, where like someone who was light and fair would be pointed out. They'd sort of go like, "He's a he's a he's a changeling." He is, and that that, st- that was renowned for starting like big fights at the. Well, country fair. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if that's kind of. I wonder if that's that's kind of like a some sort of racial memory, and that's kind of why gingers get the rough end of the stick. <laughs> I wonder. Well, gingers are a bit. Uh, I don't want to insult gingers, but yeah, I mean, it could be some sort of <laughs> some sort of. Uh, maybe they originally were alien. Uh, not alien. I can't stop saying it. Fairies and a fairy human. Not a race, but maybe they're sort of the descendants of that. They haven't quite got bred out, bred out the fairiness. But although I haven't heard of any ginger fairies, no, I'm sure some Irish fairies were ginger. There, I'm sure they insist they're strawberry blonde. <laughs> yeah, we should, we'll have to mention the haunted gong. I mentioned it at the end of the last the last show. But oh, the haunted gong! Oh, what, I haven't gone. What's that? I don't. I, don't want, I hate coming out with all these anecdotes because I, I get paranoid. People think I'm making it up, but, but it's all true. <laughs> it was really my mind. Yeah, it's like <laughs> people think, oh, he's making all this stuff up. But this stuff doesn't happen like every day. I'm not living in some like freaky cartoon world. It only happens like about once every six months or so. Mm. While we're on the subject of fairies, I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell my haunted gong story, but after. About 2005, I think, my mate, who was a musician, because I was collecting cymbals and gongs at the time, and he, and my mate came round and said, I've got this gong for you. I thought, oh, yeah, let's have a look. But it looked like it was about, I don't know, about, uh, about 16 inches in diameter. It looked a bit like one of those holiday tack gongs you, you get by on holiday. It looked like a crap one, but I gave it a couple of bangs, and that was actually quite a good one. And he said, like, the only thing wrong with it is, like, there's a bite bite out of it. You know, like a gong is like, uh, I don't know what you call it. The the brass, uh, brass at least, don't they? Brass and copper and uh, mix, isn't it? But there's the flat surface, and then it's, like, hammered round to an Mm. edge, so there's an edge round it. And there was a little sort of bite 
bite out of it. It looked like, just as if like a little creature had taken a bite out of it. <laughs> and I thought that was odd, and because he knew more about gongs than me, and he said like, if a gong's damaged, that's the best place. Yeah, you know, so kind of the best place for it to be, really, because it won't affect the sand. And I thought, oh yeah, I, I bought it off him, and uh, I didn't think much about it, and uh, and then I was doing doing some track or something, so I, I was banging it quite a lot, and uh, well, I was banging it for about fifteen minutes, and uh, and then I thought, um, there's lots of like. There's like hundreds of tiny little transparent creatures running across the floorboards, and I thought, nah, that's not not is it? And then I sort of kept banging it, and then I thought, no, there are, there are, lots of transparent creatures that you couldn't like see them, but but you could see them. It's hard to hard to explain. It's as if it's as if you were seeing like like. If a plane goes through the clouds, that leaves a sort of trail behind it. It's like that's what that's what you could see, and I thought that's a bit odd. And then I got a bit scared, so like <laughs> I sold, I stopped, I stopped banging it. But then I sold it to my friend, but I didn't tell him about the transparent creatures. Yeah, I sold it to my friend, and like a couple of weeks later, he he sort of. I saw him again, and he said, like, what's that bloody gong you, you sold me? Like, every time I bang, I see these transparent creatures on the floor. And uh, he was seeing exactly what I was seeing. And uh, That's the haunted gong. You know, it's still hanging on his wall. Yeah, I should buy it back, really. But... <laughs> well, you don't want to know what they are, do you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, maybe they're fairies, I don't know. But... Maybe, they were, uh, maybe they were there anyway, and the gong just showed them up. Possibly, yeah. I, I, I got the feeling that that, that was you must have been used in some sort of ritual or something to call, to call these things up. But, but I think I think that happens a lot, like haunted objects. You know, when people buy them from auctions or that. I mean, we don't know what they've been used for, do we? Like, uh, so I'm not really it's getting off the topic of fairies. Well, right I, I I had I had a friend and. Um... It, it was a it was a couple that me me and uh, me and my ex used to know, and she swore blind that she had little people in her house, but she was kind of scared of them, and it was like almost like it was something they very rarely talked about, but it was like almost like they were like under siege from these little people because they'd never they'd never actually mention them when they were in the house or anything like that. Yeah, so people that don't really do it. the Brits. It's the British sensibility, you know. We don't we don't talk about it. You know, but it was, get almost, so it was bad. almost like she felt if, if if they if you mentioned them or highlighted them that they'd do something like nasty. Yeah, it's probably a good thing not not to give them uh, power by thinking about them. Yeah, but British people are so strange like that. I, I knew a couple in uh, ages ago in the eighties, and I I did I was actually in the same house. They, they were doing a Ouija board in the in the loft. And they, yeah. they didn't tell me what was going on, but I was actually in the in there with other people getting stoned in the room below, and uh, they did they did it. I don't know why I could find stuff funny, but I find it funny. But they were doing this Ouija board, and then everything went went uh, went really bad. And she started talking in a man's voice and stuff, and but they wouldn't believe it, sort of thing. Mm. And you know, they, they do a Ouija board, and then this this woman, she was a nurse actually. She started talking in a man's voice, so like when they were driving around in the car and that. But they they just sort of like brushed it off, sort of like they wouldn't, they didn't want to believe it. Yeah, and it got so bad until eventually they had to take it to a priest, I think. And, and that's, that's the British sensibility, you know. We don't we don't want to know, do we? Well, I, I had some, I had some. There were some, there were some girls at my school that were the, were the same sort of thing. Ouija board. I've never done a Ouija board. I stay away from Ouija boards. They they are just freaky things. Really odd things. Just a bit of cardboard and a few letters, but that causes so much, so much weirdness. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I think there was a group of group of girls at my school um, did one, and they ended up having to go to the pre local priest about it because it was really like yeah. fucking them around. I know another guy who did one there. Him and his mate, I think they were at school as well, and they got all this like um, Latin. They, they they did it for about a week, I think, and like like right at the end, they got this like Latin text come through, 
and uh, they took it to their uh, they wrote it down as it was being uh, mm. given to them and, and they took it to the to the re the religious education teacher yeah and he said like you know, handed him this bit of paper with all this latin on it and he said like the religious teacher read it and then his face went white and, and he just sort of like really like oh my god where'd you get this from and like uh, oh shit oh, dude, that's fucking freaky isn't it like, have you ever done a Ouija board? Uh, no, because they scare me shitless. Uh, now they scare me. I'd, I'd yeah. never do one. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. You're opening doors. For that. Yeah, it's like throwing the old throwing the old front door open in uh, open in a, in, a, in a, probably more like doing it in a, in an inner city centre, isn't it? Yeah. That's why I tell people it's like you wouldn't go down to like the dodgy area of town to like the dodgy pub. But yet you you open these doors to these like dodgy bad part of town spirit world, don't they? When you're doing that stuff, people are so odd, aren't they? Speaking of dodgy spirit world, do you want to talk about the island of Iona? Where is? Where's oh that? yeah, the Iona. Yeah, where is Stay that? Is away it's... from fairy mounds. Yeah, Stay yeah. Away from fairy mounds. <laughs> <laughs> so what do I you... go for it? Um, I. I, I haven't got. Oh, actually, you do. I haven't, I haven't actually got any details. But the on the island of Iona, there, there's a fairy mound, isn't there? And famous the one, one, yeah. And the one that I found there was someone who used to apparently hang around. Um, hold on, I can't find it. But there was something. Nora, Nora Fornario was her name, wasn't it? There was there was another one. I, I read one about a vicar as well. So more, more it's apparently like. Um, quite a common thing isn't it uh, the fairy mound in Iona has got a lot of history of witchcraft and things like that This that was in 1929 when uh, she was an occultist Nora Fornario she was found near the fairy mound on the island of Iona naked with bloodied and swollen feet but sort of with a strange cloak wrapped around her and a knife in her hands Ah, uh, yeah, I've just found this. 17th of November, 1929, it was. Yeah, she was a member of the Golden Dawn, or the offshoot of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Apparently she'd used a knife to carve out a crude cross out of the peat, over which she was found, with, like, with a look of abject terror on her face. Sort of dead, kind of like. And she was 33 years old, and that's the, that's the freaky number, isn't it? Uh, thirty-three. The the uh... you spent a time walking around Iona and like going into these weird long trances and uh, which last for days. And uh, her former housekeeper was quoted in the Scotsman as saying, several times she said she had been to the far beyond, and had come back to life after spending some time in another world. Well, she she went she went there completely, didn't she? Eventually. Yeah, because what, what they're saying on this website is that the, the fairies could be the pagan dead. Mm. I think that's what a lot of so-called demons are, I think, yeah. Just like ancient ancient ancestors, yeah, like worshipped back in the olden days and just they've gained power from the attention. Like energy follows attention and now people think they're demons, but I think they're just us, yeah, just our ancestors, that yeah. silver jewellery turned black overnight, which was which which probably a bad omen, I suppose. Oh, or you bought some shit. <laughs> <laughs> the vicar, you, I think you're thinking about Robert Kirk, aren't you? That, That's the one I'm that, talking about, but that wasn't yeah. Iona, was it? I've seen no, that was bit. in uh, Aberfoyle in Scotland in 1692. Yeah, he was actually found dead on a fairy man. Yeah, because apparently he uh, used to like sit in there and listen to the music or something, didn't he? Hmm. He'd lie on the fairy man with his ear to the ear to the ground and listen to the fairies and that. On well, Dune you, Hill. If you listen to this story here, this is um, Mr. Noyer, farmer in the district of Berrien, became lost and bewildered on the moors at night. At night, a common motif in fairy folklore, which may be an embedded code in the story for the protagonist entering the altered state of consciousness necessary for interacting with a supernatural reality. Noy is missing for three days before found, being found by a search party sleeping in a ruined bogey, a Cornish term for a cow shed. 
on Selina Moor with, he, with his horses and dogs tied up nearby. Incredulous at the passenger time, he was convinced he'd spent no more than a few hours sleeping. He tells the story of what happened to him after becoming disorientated on the moor. After finding himself in an unknown stretch of woodland, he heard music and saw some lights way ahead in a clearing. So here you go. It, it, these are, this is where you start getting the UFO similarities, don't you? Missing time. Yeah. If anyone's interested in the similarity between fairies and UFOs, read Jack Valley's Passport to Magonia. He set he sets it all out. Yeah, really good book that is. So here's his story. So he says that his dog his dog slunk back, and the horse wasn't willing to go on. So he tied him to a tree, took his course through an orchard towards the lights, and came to a meadow where he saw hundreds of people, some seated at tables eating and drinking with great enjoyment. Apparently and others dancing reels to the music of a tambourine played by a damsel dressed in white who stood on a heaping stock. A heaping, st- a heaping stock. I don't know what a heaping stock is. Uh, just beside... Do you know what one is? No, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'll tell you. Just beside the house door, which was only a few paces from him, the revellers further off were all very smartly decked out, but they seemed to him, at least most of them, to be a set of undersized mortals, yet all the forms and tables with the drinking vessels on them were all in proportion to the little people. The dancers moved so fast that he couldn't count the number of those that footed jigs and reels together. It almost made his head giddy, giddy only to look at their quick and intricate, intricate whirling move and movements. Yeah, the whirlwinds, yeah. That happens a lot in the, in the Welsh stories, yeah. Uh, also, it says the, dam- the damsel turns out to be Grace Hutchins, an old flame who had died three years before after getting lost herself on the moor. Removing Noy from the fairy Nevilles, Grace warns him, Embrace not, nor touch flower, nor fruit, for eating a tempting plum in this enchanting orchard was my undoing. People believed, and so it seemed, that I was found on the moor dead. It was also supposed that I must have dropped there in a trance as I was subject to it. What, buri- what buried for me, however, was only a changeling, nor... Sh- was was only a changeling or sham body. Never, never mind, I should think, for it seems to be that I, that I feel much the same as when I lived to be your sweetheart. So he was like an involuntary, involuntary abduct, a fairy abductee, weren't he? Yeah. So it seems that like, but like, do you think there was some sort of like rip or um, the veil between the two worlds was like thin there or something? The fairies dancing in a ring, creating a kind of psychic whirlwind. That 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 that's mentioned a lot. Yeah, so it's as if they're creating some. I, I hate that word, interdimensional portal. But yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's what they're doing, isn't it? Yeah, that's interesting. That he was a involuntary one, but this uh, this uh, woman we just talked about and Robert Kirk, they were voluntarily. That seemed like they were voluntarily like going to these fairy mans and actually listening. No, physically listening for the fairies, because that's uh, that's why apparently why uh, that Robert Kirk, the Reverend Robert Kirk, was uh, killed because he'd revealed it. He'd listened. It'd be lying on the lying on the ferryman, like gathering all this knowledge, and he wrote that book, The Secret Commonwealth. Yeah, quite a famous book in fairy lore, and uh, that's why he was killed because he revealed their secrets and. Apparently, he's buried in, at the graveyard at the foot of this hill where he used to lie listening to the fairies. But people say his body isn't in the coffin because there's just, there's just stones in it because the fairies took him away, you know, whisked him off to fairyland. Well, maybe punish it was, him, I suppose. Maybe that, maybe that body, unless, unless he knew enough and he managed to uh, get himself a passport to the land of the fairies. Yeah, maybe he's having a good old time. Uh, which, yeah. follow, which following that other story, it could be a changeling body in there, couldn't it? My God, yeah. Apparently, Robert Kirk he first met the fairies earlier when he was the parish minister at Balquidder at a fairy knoll, which is Scottish for fairy knoll, like just behind the church. So, if you want to go, uh, if anyone wants to go look for fairies, go there. But... Oh, how about this one then? It says, uh, "My grandmother Marie Lebra has has related to me that one one evening an old fae arrived in my village, Kuduliak." finished there that must be i think not quite sure this is and asked for hospitality that was about the year 1830 the fae was received and before going to bed she predicted that the little daughter whom the mother was dressing at night uh, dressing in night clothes would be found dead in the cradle the next day 
this prediction was only laughed at, but in the morning the little one was dead in her cradle, her eyes raised towards heaven, and the fay who had slept in the stable was gone. So that could be a changeling then, couldn't it? Yeah, well, like you say, there's a definite connection or similarity between alien and fairy abductions. There's always, like, strange lights and some sort of mind, mind or perception manipulation and missing time. It's just the same as the fairy, all happens with fairies, but it happens with aliens as well, doesn't it? Yeah. They've got to be the same thing, haven't they? Like, just appearing in different guises. Well, it seems they've changed with the times, doesn't it? Cause, yeah. Because before they, they used to be... Um, they used to um, dress in, like, very plain clothes and things, didn't they? Red and green, weren't it? Like, red and green jerkins and that, yeah. Yeah. God, I, got another, I don't want to go out, come out with another anecdote, but I've just remembered <laughs> another thing that happened to me when I was a child. <laughs> Oh God! I gotta say it now, bloody hell! But when I when I was like about nine or ten, I used to play with my cousin and his friends. That, that was like, if you can imagine, like occupied houses in a square, but the house in the very middle of the square was like derelict, and uh, we used to play in there and that as kids do. And uh, I swear to God, one day we we were playing in there, and suddenly this. Other sort, he's like slightly older, about sixteen or seventeen. This other guy was there, dressed like Robin Hood, with like yeah. chamois leather, like red and green, like chamois leather. Yeah, and he he, he had this like he had this like star. Uh, this, this sounds crazy, but I, this did happen. But he had this like star in his hands, and he was like throwing it up and catching it, and uh, that's it, really. You know, just a strange. Strange thing. Not much to say about that, but yeah, just uh, I'm sure I'm sure loads. I, I, I can't just be me who has these strange experiences. I think everyone does, but they forget it or they sort of dismiss it, kind of thing. Like when we're children, you know, like playing, playing as children do. I'm sure loads of people have stuff like this happen. Yeah, because they do seem to um, appear to children, don't they? Just like I say, this British thing, we don't seem to give it any credence, do we? Another thing about the fairies, when they're all partying together, having these revels, with these dancing and feasts, I mean, that's very similar to the medieval witch's Sabbath, isn't it? Like, as if there's some kind of connection to that as well, but... And then you've got the fly agaric toadstools, like fairies are always been, at least since Victorian times, fairies are depicted next to or sitting on fly agaric toadstools. So Those are the, the are they the the red ones with the spots? Yeah, on them? The, the, yeah. S- the scary red and white ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I did some ones. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> seem to work, but I just ate them raw. But I chopped them up and we ate them raw. But apparently that's not. If you want to do, I, I shouldn't say it really, but. Don't do this at home, kids. But if you are <laughs> going to take, if you are going to take far garlic mushrooms, you've got to slice them really fine and stick them in the oven on a low heat for about half an hour, and that that makes some sort of chemical change occur. And just uh, eat a little bit until you start tripping. And uh, I'd, I'd stay away from the old flour garlics. Yeah, I know people have done them and, and said that they've had a good, right old good time on them, but that's, that's dangerous stuff. But. The flower garrick toadstools, witches' sabbats, they're suggesting that there was some sort of drug, drug sort of subculture where you, I don't know you took you took flower garricks and you entered the witches slash fairy realm, the other world, and and that begs the question: that were some of the witches' familiars actually fairies? kind of thing you know the old witches familiars maybe they were fairies there's some sort of ancient folklore thing that we've sort of lost touch with lost well the fairies the fairies are magical i mean maybe the witch had something over the fairy or something like that yeah then we got the elf bolts let's get on to the elf bolts the elf bolts those small the elf bolts the, the the fairy arrows uh, found all over Britain, and, and uh, people were saying like they're small triangular flints, 
known as Bellamites. I actually yeah. found in a lot of countries, but especially in Scotland, and uh, people believe that these were like the, the arrowheads shot by the elves, which usually like killed cattle when the they were used them to kill cattle for some reason. The old elf bolts. Yeah, I've read some. I can't remember which creature it was, but they used to like upsetting um, cows, didn't they? I think witches fair, used to fair, curse cows. They were in a cursing cows. I'm going to curse your fucking cow. You know. I suppose but, that was quite heavy though, cursing someone's cow back in them days. Yeah, if you kill the cow before they can eat it. Like a year's worth of bloody meat, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not only that; it's the it's the it's your uh, milk supply as well, isn't it? Apparently, you can you, if an elf bolt if you find an elf bolt near your cow, you can cure it by touching the cow with the elf bolt, which it was supposed to have been hit by, and then then you give it water to drink, one, that you've dipped the arrow into it. But I don't know; that, that gets a bit sort of like yokel cider stuff, doesn't it? Like. Out their heads on cider and sort of all that stuff. A lot of this folklore. Isn't it? I love folklore, but a lot of it is kind of like people like getting a bit, uh, bit, bit, uh, bit, um, creative with the truth, and that. But associated with elf bolts or elf locks in hair, where you'd find your horse kind of like with a knotted hair. Yeah, they said that was like a, an, an elf lock. Like the, the elves had like locked it into their not of their hair. It's a sign of being pixie led, and the horses the, the the horses are ridden by the elves or the fairies to exhaustion. And, uh, yeah. Oh, here's a, a fairy if you're a human. I found a thing about if fairy you're a theft after you finished your bit. Uh, just like if you if you wake up and you've got a knot in your hair, like an elf lock in your hair, that's supposed to be. A sign from the fairies that you're being dirty or lazy, because the fairies like cleanliness. But yeah, <laughs> it's the old elf locks. Because yeah. didn't what, what did the didn't the um what are they called brown uh, brownies didn't they used to clean the house or, or they were horrible to people who didn't have a tidy house. Yeah, they punished they punished people who didn't clean their houses. Yeah, yeah, which is a bit a uh, bit much really, but yeah. So it says. So it says. It says the elves. The elves have got a worse name for stealing than they deserve. So far as taking things without the knowledge or consent of the owners is concerned, the accusation is well founded. They neither ask nor obtain leave, but they are important respects in which their their depredations differ from the pilferings committed along among men by jailbirds and jailbirds and other dishonest people. The fairies do not take their booty away bodily. They only take what is in called Gaelic the Torad i.e. the substance, virtue, fruit or benefit. The outward appearance is left, but the reality is gone. Thus, when a cow is elf taken, it appears to its owner as it's suddenly smitten by some strange strange disease. In reality, the cow is gone, but only its semblance remains, animated as, as it may be by an elf, who receives all the attentions paid to the sick, sick cow, but, receive, but gives nothing in return. The, seem, the seeming cow lies on its side and cannot be made to rise. It consumes the provender laid before it but does not yield milk or grow fat. In some cases it gives plenty of milk, but that milk yields no butter. If taken up a hill and rolled down the incline, it, appear, it disappears altogether. If it dies, its flesh ought not to be eaten. It is not beef, but a stock of older wood, an aged elf, or some trashy substitute. Oh God, that's mental, that is. Like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that, so, that's, that happens a lot in the Welsh stories. Like the fairies were known to steal things. Like in, they steal little little like objects from the house, and obviously also unbaptized babies. I, I forgot to mention that. Like when a baby's swapped for a changing, and they're usually unbaptized. So if they're all if the if the fairies are like stealing stuff, maybe there's like big stashes of treasure like hidden in caves or something. Well, that 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 must be why you get the stuff like the um, uh, the leprechauns and their piles of gold and things like that. Yeah, because in in the Welsh stories, they often appeared like in two two or three fairies would appear in broad daylight, kind of thing, and they'd talk to you and yeah, in the, they, in they, the fair- they didn't like to be touched, but. In the fairy, in the fairy census, you, but... oh, sorry, after you. I was just going to say, they appeared in broad daylight and they talked to you, but they don't like to be touched. 
That's in Wales, anyway. What, do they disappear when they're touched? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Don't like being touched. The other thing is they disappear as soon as you turn your back on them as well, don't they? Yeah. Fleeting, fleeting little things, yeah. Little buggers, aren't they? There's a good there's a good story I read the other night for that. And uh, this guy, that was at the full moon, where obviously it's like when they when they appear more often, and when uh, the fairies dance in their circular circle and make this whirlwind, whirlwind. Yeah. And uh, obviously, don't go too near it because if you went too if you go too near the whirlpool, like if you go too near the UFO, they'd throw a charm over you, which like makes you invisible to any companions. And you'd have to live with the fairies for the rest of your life. But, well, this reminds and, uh, me of. Um, uh, have you seen much of the four one one stuff? The missing four one one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's freaky stuff. Isn't did it? you yeah. did you ever read that story where where the guy said he was um, he was there, they they couldn't find him but they found him very near to somewhere they they'd already searched. But yeah. what happened was the bloke said he was there. He was shouting, but no one could hear him. Yeah, that's that phenomenon, isn't it? So that's very very similar to that, isn't it? There's a terrifying one in in Wales. I think that was like in the 1800s, where like there was this family in the garden, and suddenly this young son was like whisked off up into the air, and he was saying like, "Help me, help me!" And he was he was only like six foot in the air, but no one could see him. Yeah, he's going like, "Help me, help me!" They're taking me away, but no one could see him, you know. And then he, he just disappeared, you know, like fucking terrifying, yeah. Bloody fairies. <laughs> yeah, it's like heavy stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Don't go near a UFO or a fairy whirlwind. That's like the Yeah, watch out for the story, isn't it? Well, I wonder if this I wonder if this kind of bleeds into the um do you remember the green children that were found in uh is it Woolpit, was it? Oh yeah, the green children. They yeah. said they were taken away by a whirlwind, didn't they? I don't know about that, yeah. Because that, that's, that's only about twenty miles away from Rendlesham Forest, isn't it? Where, where they appeared from? Yeah. Oh, is it? I thought it was. I always yeah, thought it Rendl- was in Rendlesham Forest. Yeah. I always thought it. I thought. I always thought they were found in like Cornwall or something. But it's actually. Um, yeah, it's Woodbridge. Oh, it's the other Suffolk, side. Oh, yeah. it's the other side. Is that where? No, Woolpit. Woolpit in Suffolk. Yeah. Yeah. Woolpit. Where they yeah, used to. It's, it's named Woolpit because there was a big pit where they used to throw the wolves and kill them. Like. Oh yeah. That's twenty miles away from uh, Rendlesham Forest, yeah. Well, uh, Peter, Peter Pan kind of follows all the all the fairy myths, doesn't it? You've got you've yeah. got your uh, kind of secret Commonwealth there, haven't you? You've got your um, do, do fairies He's have a, a lot fairy, isn't he? Yeah, Peter Pan's a fairy, really. Well, he, he, he was ki- he was kidnapped, wasn't he? So he was um, so he Monst. was yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose I suppose. <laughs> uh, if if you ever get pulled into a fairy dancing circle whirlwind, yeah. or if you're foolish enough to run into one on purpose, yeah, you'll be instantly surrounded and concealed from view from from your compatriots. So, in Wales, anyway, if you if you're stuck in a fairy whirlwind, you have to be got out before the cock crow at dawn. And then, if that happens, you're all right, apparently. Like, there's no harm done. But how they got people out of the fairy world, well, that's not funny. It's not funny if you're in a fairy whirlwind, but it seems funny talking about it. But if you're stuck in a fairy whirlwind, you, you have to have, like, two or, two or more strong men. You stick a long stick of mountain ash into the middle of the circle. So when when you sort of dance around in the fairy whirlwind, you come round and like grab the stick of mountain ash and then you get pulled out by your mates kind of thing because uh, sounds like fun fairy you know, fairies don't like mountain ash for some reason well um isn't ash what you're supposed to kill a vampire with as well it, it's funny how the same sort of substances keep cropping up over and over again isn't it yeah ha- mountain ash and hawthorn isn't it hawthorn yeah. stakes yeah why wouldn't they like mountain ash? Because they're not supposed to like rocky places either. Or in, in England and that, they're not fairies aren't supposed to like rocky places. But they must like rocky places in Iceland. So well, they don't have much choice, do they? I suppose. I, sp- 
<laughs> but I suppose they've adapted, you know, like the Galapagos tortoises and things like that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose they adapt to their around. Adapt to the environments, don't they? But I know, th- I know the Scandi, the Scandies are very. What about contact and fairies? How do you? Is it wise? I don't think it's very wise, is it? They're not exactly truthful. I, are I they, was from told what I've read? by. Yeah, I think you got you got to have your wits about you. Yeah, but I was told like if you want to contact the fairies, it's all to do with the second sight, so they say it. But I've, I've, I don't know what people mean when they say the second sight, because I suppose they mean like seeing from your your third eye, I suppose. But yeah, you I was going to say it must sight, be the third eye. Third eye's in the middle of the forehead, isn't it? Yeah. I was told, like, if you want to see fairies, go out into the woods. Or before that, you've got to like subtly chain, subtly shift your f- visual focus by staring into a mirror. But not staring into mirror, into a mirror. But you kind of like sl- subtly just change the way you 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 look, kind of thing. And apparently, you can see your aura in the mirror if you do it, do it right. And, uh, it sounds like it sounds like Douglas Adams is describing flying, doesn't it? Yeah. You, you just got to throw yourself at the ground and miss. <laughs> I like the idea though, like subtly, subtly sort of changing the way you look. Like I don't know if you go cross-eyed or or whatever, or just sort of like defocus. Well, that, that's a, that's another thing that that's kind of uh, ubiquitous across the um, paranormal, isn't it? Is the mirror, isn't it? Yeah, the old mirror. Yeah, you know you got you got the things about vampires can't be seen in mirrors. Um, uh, what's just, it? Co- cover all the mirrors pull, when cover all the mirrors when you have a dead body in the house. Yeah, yeah. They just pull to this other world like Ouija boards, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I'm not too keen on mirrors myself. No, I don't like having one sort of around. Yeah, I don't cover them up, but yeah, they are freaky things, really. Because ghosts are often seen in sort of like portal type shapes, like doorways and windows, aren't they? And I suppose a mirror is like the ultimate portal, isn't it? Because it reverses everything, doesn't it? And it's, it's just the, the thing that if you do weird things, weird things happen. So if you've got like a, a piece of glass mirror that's reversing everything, it's like that devil's toy box, isn't it? But I, made, I made one of them once. What's it? Oh, I don't know what a dev- dev- devil. What is the a devil's devil? toy box? Wait, it's like a cube. You get like six six small mirrors and stick them together into a cube. So it's like a box with like all on the inside is mirrored, so it like stretches into infinity. Yeah. And uh, people have made them and said they've heard like screams coming out of it and that. But I, I I made one. I didn't hear any screams coming out of it. But the one I made the tile I, I used mirror tiles, but they had like curved corners which is i think that fucked it up a bit because it's not like is it like a, a sa- totally... is it like a sacred geometry thing as well then is it yeah because if you get six like mirror tiles and form them into a cube if you look into it that stretches into infinity yeah and uh, it's a pretty weird thing because if you've got one in your room like everything's normal but then you've got this devil's toy box there which is like very unnormal it's just like in the midst of all the normality and so do you yes. actually close? Do you actually close it up? So you literally put six yeah, you seal it there. up, yeah. And uh, people say people use them for EVP experiments and things like that. But I've never had any weird stuff happen with mine, but I've still got it actually. Yeah, it's in my bedroom. But, yeah, but there's um, some good videos on YouTube about them. A, a lot of them are probably like bullshit ones, but. It's a good, 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 uh, yeah, good freaky I think we, phenomenon. Creepypastas are quite good these days, aren't they? <laughs> Some mm. of them are quite convincing. Oh, I love creepypasta, yeah. It's great. Yeah. There's sleepover party rituals. Yeah, I love it, yeah. Uh, my, Bloody my, Mary. My, my, fa- my favourite one was that one. Do you, do you remember that creepypasta about that kid that watched that uh, really weird, kind of slightly creepy kids programme? I didn't see that one, though. Ah, great. And the the reveal at the end is, like, the kid was just sat in front of the TV screaming (laughs) at white noise. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Have you you heard of The Midnight Man? That's a a really good one. You do this ritual. It's called The Midnight Man. Yeah. I think you stick pins in, in the door or something and say, like, Midnight Man, come and visit me. And you have to, like, sit in the corner or something. And that's great, yeah. 
<laughs> look up the Midnight Mask. It's a great little uh, scary thing. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the Slender Man. I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah. We're, we're getting a bit off topic here, but. Uh, I've run I'm, out of notes on the old fairies. Oh, have, you, have you? Is that why it's We'll free form for a few for a few minutes then. I mean, I, do, I just do, love, do you think love the creepy pasta? Do you, do you think the the Slender Man could be a tulpa? Weird, well, isn't it? Got those kids to murder their mate, didn't it? Yeah, and stab their mate. Well, she survived, didn't she? But yeah, she, yeah. yeah tulpas, uh, tulpas are like the elephant in the room, aren't they? The, the, I think they they're created every day, but like I say, we don't or people generally don't want to believe it, do they? But it's true. Well, that, that's what I wonder about um, Slenderman, whether he's kind of like a mass tulpa. Well, it was created as a sort of tulpa, wasn't it? It was created as an online competition, wasn't it? Yeah. To create a scary thing. And then, of course, everyone gets into it. And energy really does follow attention. So if you've got all these people putting their attention on this Slenderman, they're feeding it energy. And, uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's either going to create itself or some sort of demon type thing is going to hijack the sort of thing that's there this sort of like raw chaos force type thing figure that's there and uh take it away yeah now i forgot what i was going to say now Alpers, yeah i did actually find a bit about a fairy funeral <laughs> oh, that sounds good, yeah. So, um, so this person says, so they say, but fairies die too. Those that living in the fairyland on Selina Moor. This Selina Moor sounds like quite an interesting place, doesn't it? How's that? Yeah, I don't know. I can't. Uh, I think it's um, West Country. I think somewhere. Uh, we're not immortal, according to Grace Grace Hutchins' testimony. There is a relatively common folklore motif. Of fairy fairy funerals or burials, which might muddy the waters on the theories that the fairies are the dead. William Blake, a firm believer in the world of the fairy, previously claimed that to observe the to have observed the fairy funeral where he saw a procession of creatures, the size and colour of green and grey grasshoppers, bearing bearing a body laid out on a rose leaf, which they buried with songs and then disappeared. Uh, so here's another one from Cornwall. Richard beheld the beer born between between six, whether men or women he could not tell, but he saw the face of the corpse was that of a beautiful female, smaller than the smallest child's doll. It was, Richard said, as if, as if it were a dead seraph. So very lovely it did appear to him. The body was covered with white flowers and its hair like gold threads was tangled among the blossoms. The body was placed within the altar and then a large team of fairies with picks and spades began to dig a little hole close by the sacramental table. That's what? God, Chogan, that's wild, that is, yeah. Yeah. But I'll, I'll just get this in. If anyone's interested in fairies, check out Robert Kirk's The Secret Commonwealth of Elves, Fauns and Fairies, 1815. There's W.Y. Evans Wentz, the fairy, fel- the fairy Faith in Celtic Countries, 1911. And there's probably more pertinent to us is uh, Janet Board's the Traveller's Guide to Fairy Sites. Uh, There's also, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure you can find witness testimony to, if you look up the uh, the Fairy Investigation Society. They do investigations. Uh, I don't think they do investigations, but they did the, did that census in fifty five to fifty six. And I think they've put, right, yeah. they've put some of it up. There's some there's some great little stories about. Um, uh, but I, I could I could read a couple of bits from the. Uh, from, yeah, I'll read a couple. So uh, four men who wished their names and addresses to be withheld thought they saw some folk some wee folk near a large drain in Lincolnshire. The time was early evening and the sun was setting and casting reflections in the water, which at that period of the year was high and reached the top of the long grass at the sides. This made them wonder whether they were victims of optical illusion. The only reputation being being that not not only one but all four of them were able to observe these these creatures who, whose clothes were of various colours: red jerkins, green breeches, yellow jerkins, mauve breeches. 
In the height, they are pro approximately nine inches and both bodily and facially bore resemblance to humans. On seeing the four men who were traversing the path near the water's edge, the little people darted into a nearby mustard field. That's wild, that is, yeah. <sighs> yeah, uh, where is it? I'm trying to find the shorter ones. Um... Uh, one, one very still evening, about the year 1921, while sitting on, on a seat in Westcliff, Essex, with her two sons, aged 9 and 11 respectively, Mrs FMA Southwell could hardly believe her eyes when she saw a number of gnomes in a large tree. They were about seven inches high and were very busy gesticulating and pointing to each other, completely unaware of the human trio in their vicinity. The little creatures in their clothes were colourless, yet the jackets appeared darker than the trousers. The latter seemed in one piece with the soft-looking shoes they wore. They also had some kind of headgear. The tree was very old with many, many branches, but the gnomes seemed to be treading on air between, underneath and above the branches. Miss Southwell did not fear them at all, yet did not find them attractive. I kept opening and shutting my eyes, she said, in case it was an illusion, but they were absolutely distinct. During the time she had been... During this time, she had been sitting in an amazed silence. Then the nine-year-old child said, Let us get away from here. Why, she asked, I seem to see little people in that tree. Mrs Southwell then turned to the other boy. Do you see anything? No, he answered, he told me. So far, I had not, I had not said that I had seen the gnomes. I found it curious that one, not the other, my boys had seen them. Oh, I love it, yeah. Great stuff. That's, that's this other world, isn't it? It's got to be... Um... There's another world, isn't there, just beyond our senses that sort of like um, interacts with us sometimes. It's probably interacting with us all the time, but we filter it out. But... I, don't, I don't know whether I don't know whether it's I when you it. when you catch it unawares, whether that's when they appear. So that's when I saw that fairy in the tree. I was just like, I wasn't trying to do anything. It just happened, you know. I wasn't trying. Yeah. But not, that's, well, that's when I'll, these things I'll happen. Say, I'll say I'll say more like not you them when you kind of catch them off guard. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Because if you're going out, like these, go these like feral ghost hunters, as as people call them, yeah, you know, they're, they're not going to find hunters. anything. Oh, feral ghost hunters, yeah. <laughs> go out and just like n no spirits going to interact with them, are they? They're just a bunch of bunch of idiots, aren't they? But right I just up. love this other world. You know, it's it's true, isn't it? Like people call it the spirit world or the astral plane or the other world, but. It's real. It's a real thing. It's like flying dreams, isn't it? Like flying dreams. So, when I have a flying dream, I flap my arms like a bird, <laughs> <laughs> and then I go straight up. Every time I have a flying dream, I flap my bloody arms like a bird, and I go straight up. And every flying dream I've had, I I, I fly over a sort of populated area, so like people can see me flying. And they're all pointing up at me and going, hello, he's flying. And I'm going, yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? And I sort of, I don't know what's going on there. Some sort of Freudian thing. <laughs> every dream I have to, like, show off that I'm flying. In, uh, I don't know. I, I usually find when I'm having a flying dream, as soon as I realise I'm dream dreaming, I crash. <laughs> I don't mm. know what that says about me. All the best dreams I've had like that, I always bloody wake up, like, right, right at the bloody like, end of it, like, I met the Magic Mushroom King once. I was walking along this country road in this lay-by, and then the Magic Mushroom King appeared. He, he was all dressed in black, and he had, like, this silver brooch on his lapel, like the Magic Mushroom branch, and the Magic Mushroom brooch, and he was the Magic Mushroom King. And I was just going over to see him, and I bloody woke up. <laughs> Every time I, I wake up, like, right when it gets good, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's when you kind of... I, I don't know whether those kind of dreams are kind of made to almost wake you up because you realise what's going on and then that's the point at which it slips away, isn't it? So I suppose it's the whole thing of lucid dreaming, isn't it, where you sort of yeah. force yourself to, to keep doing it. But I've never had much success with that. But... No, I've I got here in... I, I, had I've go, yeah. I had to go at astral projection. I just couldn't, I just couldn't get on with it. Yeah, the thing with astral projection is like... It's very unnatural. Is that when you sort of like imagine a separate your separate astral body? Yeah. Like you imagine it and then transfer your consciousness to it. Yeah, I think that's that's a very unnatural thing to do. And, well, look, uh, I, I funnily, always, yeah. I always imagined it was more like you're um, like like crawling out of your body. 
is the way yeah. I kind of imagined it. But I just couldn't get to that um, that bit of getting out of the body. I could get to kind of being aware of it, but that was where I was stuck. I think it's too weird to try and like imagine your separate astral body and then transfer your consciousness. I think the I think the thing is, is it, if you think if you think about it, I think that's probably when you can't do it. Yeah. There's a chaos magic technique that's really interesting, where you don't you don't visualize like a separate astral body and try to transfer your consciousness into it. But that's, that's when um, you you sit down or, or lie. Or it's preferable to sit down. You close your eyes and then visualize in your mind's eye everything that's in front of you in the room. That's the one. That's the one I tried and I couldn't do it. Yeah. But you keep doing it until you can like visualize everything in front of the, in front of you with your eyes shut. Yeah. And apparently, eventually, you'll be concentrating on a point in the room, and then then you'll just be there. You just be there out of body, like instantly, like that kind of. That's an interesting technique. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Whether, I don't know whether for me whether it's because I'm trying to apply a scientific method to something that's like ethereal. Yeah. You seem to be more of a sceptic than a believer, I think. Or not a sceptic in a sort of, like, ignorant way, but, but I'm a believer, as the monkeys said. Monkeys <laughs> sang once, you know, I'm a believer. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, I don't know. Like I say, if you do weird things, weird things happen. And it's just, whatever they are. But, you know, as, as it's tempting to say it's all just a creation of ourselves, a creation of the subconscious mind, but I, I don't think it is. I think a lot of these so-called entities or whatever are like independent, sentient beings. I don't, I don't think they're parts of, you know, stuff we've created or you know, parts of our subconscious we've visualised or anything. Well, that's that's kind they of really that's, that's, that's part of him. That's part of imprisoning us, though, isn't it? Insisting that yeah. this stuff doesn't exist. We're not allowed to think of these things, are we? It's no. The old control system, yeah. Well, it's like, like, the it's same like when you watch on. the evening news and they talk about this stuff, you get the old X-Files, X-Files music on, don't you? Yeah. Ooh, don't you? It's like the funny thing at the end of the news broadcast, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But the thing is, the people are telling us that. They're bloody doing this stuff, aren't they? Like, behind the scenes, yeah. Pro- probably are. They're probably going to eyes wide shut parties and all sorts, aren't they? Well, they are, yeah. Oh, that's another thing. We'll have to get onto that in the next show. That eyes wide shut parties. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, yeah, we'll have a, we'll have a conflab after this and work out what we're doing next week. So we have done. Over oh, I might a... have a guest for next week. Actually, yeah, Ooh, I might have a very... guest. Interesting guest. Yeah. Uh, so we have, might have a guest but next week. So I, I can't. Shall... I can't. Yeah. Go on then. What are you going to say? I, I won't say what his name is because I don't know whether he wants to be anonymous or not. But yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good show, yeah, if he comes on, yeah. <laughs> right, so um, this is the end of this week's. We will decide what we're doing next week and we'll try and let you know through the... Don't forget, there's the telegram, t.me forward slash 14 words. Um, you have my other podcast, Dope Movies and Shows. Um, I'm sure you'll find you'll find me somewhere else on the internet as well. And that's 